I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. So welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike Watts, and I'm here with... Kate. Kate. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying something new. We'll see how this goes. Mike thought it would be fun if we did an Instagram Live while we recorded the podcast. So Um, that's what's happening. So we're going to see how this goes. And for folks on Instagram, you can please go over to iTunes and subscribe to the Kate and Mike Show. This episode will be up next week. So today we're talking about sustainable success. But first, I just wanted to say, honey, I really enjoy our Wednesday morning ritual of recording our podcast together at the kitchen table. I think it's really fun. Yeah, it's super fun. I just wanted to say that to start off that I enjoy this very much. Well, thanks. And it's a nice way to connect. I think it's really good for our marriage. So if you're looking for improving your marriage, Consider starting a podcast. Yeah, you can talk about together. it. Usually, because now we're streaming it live on Instagram. For those of you listening on audio, don't see that at this moment in time. Usually, we're naked. So it's even better for our marriage because we're just here naked. But now, since we're doing it true. live on Instagram, we have clothes on. Mike's lying. We don't, we've never recorded a podcast. Maybe naked. we could. What if we did that? What if we started the naked recording? Awkward. I maybe someday. Yeah, we're having heart. We just had a whole discussion about not wearing makeup before. Okay, so like we are on. just doing all the no, things. No, but I this think morning. it's a really, like, granted, that's a side note conversation of, like, what we were talking about for those of you well, that are not on Instagram Live. You know, we just talked about, like, women like to make it known that they're not wearing makeup to a certain, sometimes. And, like, we got into a whole conversation about it, which I think it's a good conversation to have because, I don't know. I just like, oh, it's... Why yeah. do we wear makeup? Why do we make it known when we aren't wearing it? What's the deal? And that could be a whole episode in and of itself. I'm not, But it, that's really a conversation, I think, about adornment. It's a conversation about... What does that mean? Adornment is dressing yourself, is accessorizing, it's beautifying, it's the practice of you know, adorning oneself. And so, you know, I think it'd be interesting to look at the history of makeup, where it started. Men used to wear makeup, certainly in the court of Louis the Fourteenth. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's like a whole thing. There used to be that whole powder on the face and the wigs. And it's really actually pretty fascinating the things humans have done over thousands of years. So weird. To change their bodies or the way they look or no. whatever. And I, I guess it is fascinating, but it's also, to it's, me, it's just like... I think it's a conversation for another day because today, well, let's, let me just check in. Hold on. But that goes to Kate's rolling her head right now. She doesn't want to talk about this, but like that's talking, it's like, this is going back to self-confidence in oneself and like really being true with who we are now. Yes. Makeup can purposes here, clothing, et cetera. It can all go to these other things, but I think deep down it really comes to like we're putting on a show for a lot of reasons for what you know and then origin yeah there's so many different we can go down this rabbit hole so many times but i I just want to like it's like comes back to really being confident with who we are and having self-confidence in ourselves Mm -hmm. i mean anyway okay we can move on so you were going to ask a question i was just going to check in and see how you are (laughs) oh i'm good yeah (laughs) yeah i'm good overall doing well yeah. Do you want to add anything else to that? Because that was a boring answer. Oh, yeah, sure. 
well, I did not put my makeup on this morning. No, just kidding. The I just recorded a new intro for Project Life with Mike Watts yesterday. So it will be coming out in the next couple of episodes. So I'm very excited about that. Last week, I just listened to our podcast after I dropped Penelope off from last week just to like hear what we're talking about and yeah. see how we sound. Oh, what do you think? Any feedback? Well, I'd like to listen to that for myself just okay. to make sure that I improve and not sound like an idiot, basically, because mm-hmm. you're very sophisticated with words and I'm not. So I say like so words. and like a lot. And I noticed and I want to stop saying those things. Oh. And I watched a YouTube video about how to stop sounding dumb. And there was this guy. <laughs> it went viral. It's on like, it's like trending on YouTube. So you didn't Google that. No, no, no. And he said, <laughs> stop using the filler words like so. It's and like so you, you sound so much smarter by just avoiding. It's like pausing, right? The pause in speaking is so powerful because when you allow yourself to take the pause, it actually draws people in so much stronger than if you were to say, um, uh, like, so... Because instead of, it just makes you sound like you know what you're talking about, basically. Right. The pregnant pause, and the this powerful was, pause. This was coming from a woman who, I listened to this woman, Kara Swisher. She's been in like the tech space for a while and she was interviewing this woman and it's a really great, great interview. I can't remember her name, but she was talking about when you're asking for feedback from people. So if I ask Kate some like honest and I want some honest truth feedback, if I say, you know, what's one thing I could do better or something like that, and then I just pause and I let her, because a lot of times what we'll end up doing is like, she won't say anything for two seconds and then we'll chime in with something else to say. It's just letting the silence kind of, because someone will be uncomfortable in the situation to a certain, (laughs) what she ended up saying was like, Somebody will be uncomfortable and you're actually going to get a straight answer from somebody more like more or less because you're being quiet and opening to receive it and that the other person can actually see that happening. So <laughs> it makes me think about the scene in Love Actually. I don't know if anyone else is a huge Love Actually fan, but I saw it five times in the theater when it came out and I've seen it almost every year since. And that scene when Colin Firth is driving with his Portuguese cleaning lady who becomes his girlfriend and he starts singing the silence is golden and he's like silence is golden but then he's like totally off key which would totally be you anywho so i just couldn't listen to you without giggling thinking about colin first being like i'm just glad that penelope likes my singing she probably won't in the future but she now it's now she's into it workouts are going well my nutrition is back on point what was it this is interesting to just this is very interesting to know we or i started working with a nutrition coach from this company called working against gravity.ca so they're out of canada and we All just the best things are from canada yeah for the yeah. record <laughs> i think we have more folks working with us that are canadians than americans that i just started calculating that now lots of love to our canadian yeah lots friends. of love to canadians friends and as one of our canadian friends we were talking about last night one of our folks that work with us and i was talking to her about like the craziness going on in the united states with like trump and spicer and all this stuff in the political office and she goes america's head just got too big it's like their ego just got too big and now it's like crashing down it's like the roman empire but it's just happening so much faster 
And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I was like, it's actually, you know, it's after World War II. It's really exploded from a economy standpoint. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where we end up on this situation. But you anyway. You can hear more political commentary from my very smart husband, who this is an area of strength for you, over at Project Life with Mike Watts. I yeah. am not great at talking about politics, so you won't hear much of it here. But you really study up on this stuff and you've got a lot of great things to say. So I would yeah. go listen mm. to Project Life with Mike Watts okay. for political comment. You mean you get my opinion on certain situations and I'm nowhere near an expert. I just happen to pay attention I think to more... you have a lot of it's, valuable things you know, to say and you know more than your yes, average person. That is true. And you're this good at This is like the Scorpio it. rising in my chart is, has to do with like the dark side of stuff, how I get so fascinated. And right now we're in a major dark side. And like the whole Trump campaign and Russia, and it's like a major dark side, and it's really cool. But I, I honestly think in the end we're gonna be great, and people will rise up together, and hopefully not in a like crazy way, which is possible, but hopefully in a really good way, which we've seen started with the women's march. I actually own the fall of Donald Trump dot com and the fall of Donald J Trump dot com, and I bought those websites before he was even president. And they redirect to the Women's March. The women's... I was like, the women are the ones that started the fall of DonaldJTrump.com. So, I love it. Yeah, You're I like that too. very funny. Yeah, so hopefully once somebody wants to publish a movie one day called that, and I'll sell that domain for like a billion dollars. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so the... Yeah, what else is going on? That's, I mean, that kind of sums it up. I feel good. Oh, working against gravity. So back to the food situation. So I've been weighing my food. So I weigh out my macros, which is my protein, fats, and carbs. And every single day, like everything that goes in my mouth, I try to track it. So this weekend, so I ended up being, I decided that once I got fat from just being fat, I wanted to lose weight. So I was a 200 and I think 15, 16 pounds, and I'm 5'11". For me, that's big. I got big. That was the most I've ever weighed in my life. So now I'm down to 205, or it was 208. Excuse me, sorry, not 205. It was 208.5, and I've been losing weight. And I'm not so much want to pay attention to the scale. I definitely want to shed some body fat as well as just lower that scale. But I also know I'm going to put on muscle. Muscle weighs more than fat. You definitely put on a lot of muscle. Right, so with the weighing the food, this was interesting. So last week... On Saturday, I weighed 208.5, and then we went out to dinner, and I decided to order some nachos and cheese. And like, if I'm I'm on like a really 80-20 during the week, 80%, I'll track, make sure everything's on point. And if Kate and I go out to dinner, I'll be, I still want to eat clean, but I'm also going to just kind of be a little more lean. He's not with getting situation. like bare grilled chicken and like weighing it at the table yeah we did that already we did that. We and did it was that. crazy town. and it's also now that i have a baby like that plays into situation and i'm also not an elite athlete that's high performing at a certain level i want to make sure that yet, yet you know <laughs> i'm yeah here we go Woo! the but also so we went out to eat and we ordered this plate of nachos and it was definitely off track loaded with cheese it, terrible. it looked so good it tasted so good the first couple of bites and then I stress ate because Penelope was freaking out. She was running all over the restaurant. We had to take every, all of our food to go because it was out of control. She wasn't really freaking out. She was just so excited. She was just running everywhere. She didn't want to sit in a chair. And so I was just eating and eating and eating. And then the next day I ended up putting on like over a pound and a half of weight. So this is so interesting just to track. And today is the first day. So that happened Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and today's Wednesday. So four days. It took me four days to get back to the weight that I was four days ago. Really interesting. 
right? I don't know. I just find that fascinating. So it's like, oh, okay. So if I go off the rails, it's going to take me four to five days of being on point to get back to where I was four or five days ago. So it's really interesting when I think about like us going on our honeymoon, you know, and me getting fat and like, so you were pregnant started in December of 2014, right? And I'm not even back to the weight of where I was December of 2014 yet. I don't remember what that was, but I definitely know I'm not back to that situation yet. So it's really cool to just say, okay, so I started like wanting to take myself seriously again back in November. So I basically went off the, you know, yeah, it's been fun. Great. Yeah. Anyway, side note, that's what else is going on with my watch. Oh, that's not, we, we are like into this episode. TMI. <laughs> not really. I think it's valuable. Okay. I for... did write down, we could do a whole episode about nutrition and we all should. the things we know because right. we know a lot and we have done right. every program under the sun and we are like a walking encyclopedia about nutrition programs you more than me me more than Mike. yeah for sure about that because just come actually that's you're, a great that's you're like growing a, up i think that would be like a really good like body image recovery this is just for those who are watching on instagram live who are just tuning in we are live streaming a recording of our podcast the kate and mike show and i always keep a little sticky notepad next to me to write down ideas because always during the episode i get ideas for a new episode so i write them down cool just in case anyone Uh, okay so today's episode we want to talk about you didn't ask how i am how are you i'm great thanks let's get into the episode great (laughs) how are you (laughs) I'm really good. I just took up all the talking time for the two of us. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, Next you week, did. you can chime Next in. week, we're not asking how Mike Watts is. It's only how I am. <laughs> okay, that's good. Great. Yeah. All right. So I want to talk about sustainable success today. And you asked a great question this morning, which is when I said, I think we should record. Your hand is so hot. You I'm just like, touched me. I'm and I was like, my oh, hot, I was like, oh, coffee. my goodness. So you, I said, I think we should record our episode about sustainable success and how to have sustainable success in your business. And you were like, what is sustainable success? So I think we should start there with what the frick does sustainable success mean? Because in the world, when we talk about sustainability, usually that's associated with the environment. So, you know, sustainable investing is about investing in green companies that work in an environmentally friendly way. Sustainable, you know, agriculture is a way of growing you know, fruits and vegetables that is, can continue for years and years and years and isn't just like stripping the soil of nutrients. So it's like field. What do they call that? Where they plant one year in this area. Crop rotation. Yes. Yeah. But there's all kinds of sustainability and sustainable success is a phrase that I came up with recently to describe the way that I've always wanted to do business. And I believe the way we do do business, especially in the two years since I was pregnant and having Penelope. So sustainable success to me, since you asked, even though you didn't ask me right now, you asked me about an hour ago. Well, hold on. Let me ask, Kate, what does sustainable success mean to you? Sustainable success is being able to have a profitable business that is creatively fulfilling and be really productive with less stress. So it's to get better results with less stress and to grow your business in a way that you can imagine doing for years to come. So you're talking specifically business here. This would also mean life, right? It could absolutely mean life, right. but today we're talking about business okay. because the Kate and Mike show is about life, love, and business. Right. So today is a business episode. 
So sustainable success, I've been putting out and those on Instagram here on live or those listening to the podcast, you might have seen already the beginnings of a series of videos of stories of women I know who I think are really amazing, who are entrepreneurs and mothers who are experiencing sustainable success. And I've asked them, the problem with this phrase, I have to say, is there are too many S's and it's hard to say multiple times. Sustainable success. So I just want to say in the future, I might phrase things with less S's. <laughs> it makes S- you, sustainable and if you say it fast, it's you turn it into sustainable sex, which is a whole other thing. I but, mean, this sustainable success yeah. can go to sustainable su- sex. Yeah. It can, it's overlap. So anyway, I just wanted to say too many S's. But these women, so last week it was Patricia Moreno, and this week it's my friend Camille Giglio, and then we have five more amazing women we're featuring about their stories of sustainable mm-hmm. success. So how have they grown profitable businesses that they find creatively fulfilling with less stress and more results as mothers also running a business that in a way that they can imagine doing for years to come without burning out. So does that make sense now what sustainable success is, honey? Yes. Great. Do you want that? Yes. Do you want to know how? Yes. Okay, great. So I want to ask you in our business over the last, you know, I think we've really shifted. So before I got pregnant, we worked a lot more. We just did. In the couple months leading up to the wedding, I think I definitely dialed it down. But before that, like I would work often, you know, 10 hour days and we also had, <laughs> we also went out to eat a lot, you know, like, no, I mean, I don't always know. Lived, yes. like we've always yes. lived a kind of like, we were doing more work ourselves without the help of our team. Okay, so that's number that's one. huge. Okay, so when we're talking about, you know, a lot of our episodes are just kind of like, listen and hear stories and maybe laugh and maybe get an idea or two. But I want this one to have a little more structure. Okay. So I want to have structure. like three things, okay. you know, a la James Wedmore. Our friend James Wedmore's podcast is Mind Your Business. And I feel like every time I listen to his podcast, I like need a notebook and it's like a whole webinar and then I have a business plan afterwards. So I had to stop listening because I was getting overwhelmed with all of the amazing content he was giving, to be perfectly honest. And sometimes I really like a podcast more like This American Life where I don't have to do anything about it. It's just... It's like ear candy. So Most of us like that. Our desire with this podcast is that it is a combination of really great learning and ear candy. And as always, please, if you have suggestions for episodes, you can go over to katenorthup.com forward slash podcast and leave a comment with suggestions for episodes or questions because we love giving you what you want. Because who doesn't love giving people what they want? Okay, teach me how to have sustainable success. Okay, number one is you got to ask for help. So for me, this has always been something that in certain ways comes very easily and in certain ways is very difficult. And there was a whole other episode we did early on, which is one of my favorites, which is about the real reason why you're afraid to delegate. And so we'll link to that in the show notes. And Mike's going to pull up the actual title of it because I can't remember what it's called right now. Off the top of my head, it was really early on. I think it was like episode eight or something, honey. So you have to learn to ask for help. And this could be help from people in your life who are there and available already. For example, I think, you know, I'm not a parent of teenagers or middle schoolers or anything, but I think it's an epidemic that kids aren't included in the family responsibilities, that kids are infantilized and that 
like kids who are more than capable of doing things and in another era would already be having children of their own aren't asked to help clear the table, help make dinner, wash the dishes, do all the things. Like growing up, we pitched in, I mowed the lawn, we had stuff we had to do. And it wasn't like a burden. It was just like, I mean, I don't remember ever being like, oh, you have to do your chores. It was just like, yeah, we're part of the family. Right. This is part of life. It wasn't punitive. It wasn't punishment. It wasn't anything like that. So there are people available all around us all the time who can help. And I have to tell you, not asking for help is disempowering to the people in your life because it prevents them from the opportunity of learning what they're made of and of stepping into that moment where they're like, oh, wow, look what I did. You don't want to rob people of that moment. So, No, and people want to help, like mm -hmm. what Kate just said. And you can see it. We know when you're there's somebody listening to this who's very close to me who could be, you know, I'll just let it, let it go there. But you're older than me. You maybe gave birth to me. I don't know, but I'm not going to call out who it is. We know when you're stressed out about certain things that you could be helpful, you know, to ask for those pieces of help. Kate's going crazy because I just called out who I just called <laughs> That's out. That's hilarious. Um, but it's like we know when you're like preparing a meal and we see this all the time. This also happens in Kate's family. I've seen this happen. So. It happens and it happens all it, it happens with all that of us. You're like so busy and in it that right. you, there's a part of us that when we're so busy doing something, it feels like getting help will actually be harder because there's like, well, then I'm going to have to explain to somebody else right. how to do it. What did I tell Steve that one day? Do you remember this? This was like when we first started hanging out. I was like, I know you're going to tell me that you don't actually need help, but just tell me what I can help you with. It was just like, because right. we think we can have to have that all together and we think right. we have to do like, it's so stupid. Like it really, it, re is. it really is just. And I think, how can I help you is one of the most powerful questions you can ask somebody. Yes. Okay. There's a really big difference between saying, let me know if you need any help. Right. Versus how can I help it's you? It's huge. So let's say you have a friend who has a new baby or you have a friend who's going through something saying I'm here for you just let me know if you need anything is beautiful and I have said that a million times but the difference between saying how can I help you is very powerful because that means like you're at the door available it's a much more active question versus a passive question of like I'm here let me know yeah Okay, so number one for sustainable success is you have to get help. And so that could be from your elementary school kids. I remember growing up, I would help my mom with filing in her office. I freaking loved it. We would go and she had the filing pile and I would do the labels on the files and I would alphabetize. It felt like I was playing office. And as I now I'm recalling, I'm like, man, that was actually really helpful to her. And I felt really great and empowered. And I learned how a filing system works, which yeah, and it's I've like, never lost that. Even lesson. Penelope's 18 months old, but she loves to help, <laughs> even though it might not be helpful. But like she, she likes to participate in whatever we're doing. So this just goes right along where it starts at a very young age. Like we want to be included in the situation what's happening and like she knows where the trash is she knows yes. where and the recycling I is I ask her to she, put things her own things in the trash right she knows where the compost is like she puts food in the comp she knows the difference between trash and compost like and we didn't have to explain we didn't know it's she just that she what's organic material because she watches us yeah right there's one thing to tell someone what to do and there's another thing that they pay attention to what you're doing yeah and if we're telling somebody to 
straighten up their room, but my room is a complete disaster. Like, why would they go straighten up the room? They were like, well, your room's a, di-, you know, in they, they're like, I don't actually need to straighten up my room. They're telling me to do one thing or the other thing. So totally. that's a separate side note, but like, that's a whole other episode. Right. But it's also just to ask for assistance and help. And yeah. here we've created a culture where asking for help is some sort of weakness where you have to do it all yourself. You have to be the strong soldier that takes care of everything all the time. And I don't mean that from a military perspective, but it just, I'm saying that it's almost where I ask for help. It's a form of weakness and coming from a guy, we have the mentality where we have to fix everything all the time. Right. And women, as I've talked to Kate many times about this, at least for Kate, she just wants to be heard sometimes and she doesn't need anything fixed. So now she'll tell me, be like, I don't need anything fixed. I'm going to just talk and she'll just talk. But my initial instinct on all of it is to fix it is like right. to fix Which it. Which makes me feel invalidated and not heard right. sometimes. So that's yeah. a really great tip. Do you mind if I tell about our David? Can I share a story about David? Sure. I guess so. I don't know what you're talking about, but go ahead. Okay. So a practical example about getting help, which is not about business, but it's about marriage. Oh, um, yeah. We were having a little bit of a bumpy time about six months ago or nine months ago now. And one of my ground rules for getting married was if we get married, you have to be willing that if we need it at some point, you have to be willing to go to therapy with me. And at first, when we had this bumpy time, I was like, it's time. Like, we need a helper. We need a third party here because we were going around in circles around the same conversations and it was kind of sucking. And at first, you were like, not so excited about it. But then, I don't know if you remember this, I thought it was so brilliant the way you began to see it. You were like, you know what? Actually, yes. It didn't take you very long to come around. And no, it was like a couple days. It was not even. I think it was like 24 hours. Yeah, that's because we got into another argument about something. Right. And it was like, A, you promised. And B, what you said is that I thought was really great is you were like, you know, if we were struggling with an area of our business, we would totally hire a business coach or a consultant. If I want to get in shape, I hire a personal trainer. Why should we not consider bringing somebody in just to help us with our marriage when we're stuck? It's the same thing. And so for any area that you're stuck in your life, whether it is your business, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your health, bringing in an expert and a guide does not mean there's anything wrong with you. The only things we were able to do when we were born are like the basic bodily functions. That was it. We could poop and pee. So we had to learn everything else. And there's no class for like marriage. There's no class for being good at money. There's no class for, you know, I think we're taught the wrong subjects in school, but that's like a whole other thing. We could do an education episode another time. But I just want to say like bringing in help doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. And it doesn't mean you're lacking. In fact, I think it's one of the greatest signs of strength. Like when you said to me, yeah, I'm willing to get help with our marriage. It made you so much more attractive. Oh, sexy Mike. Look out. Because it was like, look at him willing to look at himself, willing to look at our marriage and willing to admit, I don't have all the answers. And to me, to be able to say, I don't have all the answers. I need help is such a sign of strength and like emotional evolution. And it's not. But that's not, it doesn't come natural to me, you know, like that when you bring that up or say that, like the first thing I think about or the place that I go is like, we're failing, right? It's like, that's where it initially goes. And I don't want to have to think about like asking for help is that I don't want that to be the reality of what 
I know getting the help that we ended up getting has been, I don't know. It's like when you officially brought it up because I'm programmed to just be like, I should be able to figure everything out. Right. That's the programming Pe- that Penelope does have a little shirt that I love, which says my daddy can fix anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Which is so it's not like, true, but yeah. cheesy. I should not have her wear shirts like that because they're like really anti-feminist. But she wore it yesterday to daycare and the teacher was like, oh, my daddy can fix anything. And I was like, it's true. Mike is really handy. I would yeah, only I have her wear that. it if it was accurate. But the so what were we talking about? You no, were talking about you think that you should right, have so all the answers. Th- the initial thing is to fix it yourself. And that's like good Midwest upbringing, right? It's to say that self-sufficiency, we can take care of it. We don't need anybody else in here. We don't want an outsider. We, you know, it's, that is the perception that I grew up with, right? That's the mentality I was initially programmed with. But when I think of, and I remember this conversation where I remember when you brought it up to say, are you open to talking to somebody else? Our first initial was like, no, but then I thought about it and was like, okay, someone else is going to see what the problem is here because Kate and I are so in it, we're not going to see it. And that's exactly what happened. Our yeah, very first conversation. Like sessions and then we were good. Yeah, but it was at the first meeting, the first 30 minutes of us talking about why we were upset or mad at each other or whatever it was. He was just like, oh, it's because you guys are triggering each other at the same time over and over and over again and you're just in circles. And it comes from like, the programming that both of us were brought into and it was like so helpful. It was so helpful within so helpful. 30 minutes. Yeah. It was just like, and it took me a little bit longer to really kind of see how the things were, but it clicked for you instantly because you knew it was almost like you knew exactly what was triggering you to a certain degree. And once somebody told you, you were like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's big. Yeah. yeah and it was you really know what else getting help is it's efficient because you and I, it's very efficient. Would have gone around in circles on that same argument, various versions of it, I'm sure, for more months yeah. and months and months. And it could have turned into years. Yes. But instead, we noticed, like, we're feeling disconnected. We're getting in fights all the time. There's a problem here. So we sought help quickly. And then, to me, that's allowed, you know, with our marriage and our business, because they're quite intertwined, to upward spiral so much faster because we got help early as opposed to just like circling the drain and being in Groundhog Day of like, oh my God, is this ever going to get better? Because you have to bring in a catalyst, like something that changes the dynamic to pop you into a new reality, which is what we needed because we couldn't see what was happening. So anyway, whether you're going to get help from your kid to set the table or clear the table or your spouse to say, hey, babe, I am finding it really burdensome to make dinner every single night. Would you be willing to do 50-50 and we could work it out so that like the household responsibilities are, you know, you make three meals a week, I make three meals a week and we do one takeout or whatever. Like what are the options of the people around you to get help? And then who are the options outside of that that you could hire? And that's a whole other episode and I, we've done plenty on delegation and hiring out. I believe that was already. episode 10. Episode It was 10. called The Real Reason You're Avoiding Outsourcing. Yes. Yes. So that's really huge. But number one for sustainable success is you have to be willing to ask for and receive help. Great. What's number two, Kate? Number two is you have to, or I would invite you to, I don't want to be all like 
But I would invite you to get clear on what really matters to you. And so, because the truth is like, life is always going to be throwing at us a million different opportunities. And if we live our life by default, it will always be dictated by other people's priorities. Like if you use your inbox as your to-do list, your time will be literally sucked by everyone else's priorities. Instead of setting aside, these are my priorities and I will only go into my email after these are completed. So there's a difference between living by design and living by default. And when you live by design, you really need to ask yourself, what really matters to me? And for me, you know, being with our daughter Penelope and being with you and spending time together matters far more than like having the biggest business out there right now. You know, we're not like doing anything to seek media attention. There's not like some big, you know, it's really about how can we grow our business in a way that allows us to prioritize our family just as much. And that feels really good to me because that matters to me. But we have other friends who are also raising children where the balance is a little more heavy towards business. And we have other friends who are raising children where honestly the balance is a little more heavy towards raising kids. And that could change on a month to month basis or a year to year basis. So it's really important to reevaluate. And there are actually certain times of the month that are the best times to reevaluate and certain times of the year that are the best times to reevaluate and look at, but look at what matters to you because it's it's going to shift as your kids get older and as whatever, but you just really want to make sure like that what matters to you is making it on your calendar. Because if you are chasing somebody else's dreams for you, if you're chasing the societal standard, I love Dr. Shafali Sabari says, you know, we're on this race to nowhere. We're like hustling, hustling, hustling on a race to nowhere because I heard you shared with me the story of the CrossFit woman. Will you share that story? Oh yeah. So the woman, her name's Catherine, Catherine Davis daughter. And she won two years in a row. Now she's won the CrossFit games, which is the title of the fittest on earth. And she walked off on after her, she won in 2015, she won 2015, 2016. And she walked off gave her coach a hug, still had her medal around her neck hugs her coach and she said i thought i would be happier right to win the title and her coach said the guy that she's coaching with it's a really interesting podcast on happiness by ben bergeron and i would definitely will link that up in the show notes but just google like ben bergeron and happiness and i hopefully his podcast will come it's fascinating because a whole new way to look at happiness i'm actually going to listen to it again but he just said she's already thinking about next year and so i can see what he's saying there but it also gets me to the point. It's like, why do we train so hard? That's what I'm you wondering. Know, it's like her why, entire life is devoted And it's to even with... So Greg Glassman, I've heard speak before. He's the CEO and the founder of CrossFit. He's one of the co-founders of CrossFit. And he spoke before and he said, have you ever hung out with the guys that are the fittest on earth? Like the guys from the men that are the top dogs in the industry? He's like... It's pretty boring. Like these, <laughs> Like they have nothing to talk about. You know, it's because they're so trained on their training... And like they forget about like there's this whole other side of life and to a certain yeah. degree, like enjoyment of life. And you can see it on their faces to a certain degree. It's really fascinating. 
so I've just started to watch the CrossFit community since I've started doing CrossFit and before I got went down this rabbit hole. It's like what I'm doing with politics right now. But basically, I've started to track who's going to be successful and who's not going to be successful just by their facial expressions and the words that they say. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman last year that could have won she easily had in the bag. Mm-hmm. She talked herself out of it mm-hmm. on the last day. Yeah. They filmed her the whole day. And from the time she woke up in the morning to the time she went to the arena, she was lost. I was like, she's not going to win because she's already talked herself out of the situation. So yeah. Great. So the example of Katrin David's daughter is that when she says, you know, she's won the world championship, the fittest woman on earth. And she says, I thought I would be happier. Right. Because he was saying happiness doesn't come from achievement. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Yes. So we have to know in order to create sustainable success that happiness is never going to come from achievement. Yeah. And we are. Which was pretty mind blowing to me. I've never thought of that before. Really? Never. A lot of people talk about it, though. Like. Right. But I. But I know, like. I see that in our business. Like when we hit six figures our first time that we were ecstatic. When we hit. 300,000 in our business. We were ecstatic, but it never, I don't know. It didn't click in my mind until he said that to just be like happiness is when he showed that example. And I was like, Oh, I get it. It's why you like fly first class and you always want to keep flying first class, right? Or once you're flying first class or whatever business class, like it's always great. The first time it's like a drug, right? It's like getting drunk. It's like the alcohol. It's like the sugar. It's like when I ate those potato chips, when I shared at the beginning of this podcast, it was like, that was great the first or second time. But once I got 20 chips in, I wasn't really enjoying it anymore. So what does create happiness? So what does is filling our lives with the things that matter to us? Because You're not going to be like, I have had some great moments of highs. We all have had those in our lives. Like, you know, (laughs) this is kind of a silly example, but I got the fittest I've ever been before our wedding. Like I had visible abs for the first time in my life. And I always had had this illusion that I would be happier when I had like a really like fit, strong body in a different way than when I didn't. And I can honestly say I am not, I was not any happier at that time with visible abs than I am today. And I don't have visible, you know, it's like, it just doesn't. I would say you were unhappy. I was a little unhappier, Yeah, but I will say this, like what does make me happy is yesterday Penelope and I went to Starbucks in the morning for 30 minutes together from seven to seven 30 because daycare opened 30 minutes later and I didn't realize And it was just like sitting on the little chair together, watching her watch people and watching her go over to the snacks and like gather them all up like she was a little klepto and put them all in her hands like she was going to walk out with them was hilarious. And then watching her like play with the window blinds. I'm proud of my daughter for that. That made me really happy, you know, and it's making sure that we carve out the time For whether it's exercise, standing in the sunshine, eating nutritious food, connecting with the people we love. You know, that's why for me, this podcast, I'm in a total cheese ball. I don't really, we don't have like particular goals around this podcast. I'm sure at some point we will. I'd like to get a sponsor. More of a strategy. Yeah. If anyone's listening who wants Wants to sponsor sponsor the podcast, it would just cover the expenses. Cover the expenses. But for us, like, or for me, I do this podcast because it's really enjoyable. Like, it's a high point in my week sitting with you. And talking about something that really feels like it matters. And so that's it. 
Like the enjoyment is in the process. And so I am not the first person to say that it is about the journey, not the destination. But I think we all need to be reminded. And I love what Dr. Shivali Sabari says about the race to nowhere. And I would invite us all to ask ourselves, like, what race are you on? And what do you think will be different about your life when you get there? And whatever that thing is that you think will be different about your life, A, I want to tell you it's probably not going to be. And B, ask yourself, how could I get more of that thing right now? So if you think that when you have a New York Times bestselling book, you're going to feel more significant or feel more connected or feel something more worthy or deserving... I would ask you, how can you start to feel those things right now? Because you're probably not going to feel that then. Or you might for like an hour and then you'll be like, okay, what's for dinner? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's really it. So that's the number two thing. It was number one is be willing to ask for help. Number two is figure out what matters to you. And then the third thing would be, to me, it's really like having clear boundaries. So clear boundaries around your time and your energy so that your time and energy are not getting sucked by the things that don't matter. And you have to be vigilant with those boundaries and you have to reset them every single day. So if I know for me, there are a certain number of things I need to get done in the day. For example, practical example happened last night. I needed to get the blog all approved and stuff for today. That has to happen every single week. It's a high priority to write the blog, to send it out to our list because A, I love doing it, B, I'm good at it, and C, it nurtures our list, it nurtures our community, and it's our nurturing of our community, and hello for those on Instagram, you're part of this community, and hello on the podcast, you're part of this community, and if you're not on our list, please go over to katenorthrup.com and join so you can get these sustainable success stories as well as you know the weekly blogs that I write about all things life, love, and business and how to have sustainable success, but if we don't do that, we're not nurturing our community. And that is sort of the lifeblood of our business. So I needed to do that. Last night, my little sister and my dad ended up being at our house relatively late. Like I thought things were going to wrap up at eight and I'd have a whole hour to get stuff done. They were still hanging. And so I just like sat on the couch and I was like, Hey guys, just so you know, I have to get some work done. So it was really challenging for me because I really was brought up in a certain way to be polite and to make others, you know, comfortable and happy. And in that moment, I was like, if I wait until they're gone to get this done, I'm going to be so tired and cranky. So I chose myself and my priorities over their needs. And I was just like, I need to do this stuff. And it was fine. Waverly played a video game and my dad was fixing stuff on his computer. Like nobody cared. So I got to honor myself and that boundary while also not offending anybody. And even if I had offended them, that's fine. Because again, this was me and my priority and what I set for myself. And so that's really huge is boundaries. So not only knowing what matters to you, but honoring it. And that's a way we can honor ourselves and we will create sustainable success through that. Because when you focus on what matters and getting that stuff done, that's what gets done. And then your life is filled with what matters. And that's sustainable because it's like this re-energizing loop system where you work on things that energize you. And then you put things out to the world that help people. And then you feel energized and then you have more energy to give to the things that matter. And it's like this loop as opposed to 
I'm working on something I don't care about. I'm achieving something that ultimately doesn't feel as good as I thought it was. I'm trying to please everybody else. Do you see how that's like an energy drain as opposed to an energy upward cycle? So those are my three things about sustainable success. If you're, if all of a sudden I have to, I don't have any clear boundaries with like myself and Kate, for instance, and I try to use her to drain, like I try to get all of my happiness by talking to her or coming from her or doing things just for her. Like that's really going to suck my livelihood out of not livelihood, Your but life. like my life. Your it sucks it out of myself. And then it's like, what am I doing for myself? Yeah. You know, how do I refuel my bucket? Which, and when you're happier, I'm happier. Right. And when and I'm with happier, boundaries, you're happier. You know, it, like boundaries are really, 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 really important, especially around family. Very, very, very important around family. You know, like a couple of years ago, Kate and I decided we're not traveling on Christmas, you know, anymore. Like we're staying in Maine. Or any other holiday for or that Or any matter. other holiday. You know, it's just because it's so stressful we around We may always holidays. change our mind, but for now right. that's the policy. Correct. <laughs> you know, but that's, it's because it's like just going to an airport's more stressful. There's more people. There's more security. There's more travel. Everybody wants to travel. Like that's just something we were like, how do we make our life more enjoyable? You know, and now seeing, even though my family's in Indiana, like we can go there periodically, they can come here to Maine, you know, we've been able to make it work. And I've actually seen my family, we've almost seen my family this year in Indiana more than we've seen your dad and your stepmom and, or your bonus mom in Waverly. And they live 15 minutes away, you know, like it's so, it's just making it work no matter what. And like everyone has a life. So it's like, how do you fit that into everyone's situation? But it's also boundaries for us and it's much happier for us. By putting this now, is my mom and my parents like, are they sad that we're probably not coming on Christmas or Thanksgiving or what that's going to be? Most likely. But you know, I will but it's say also, like, it's happier. It's just more enjoyable all the way around. And also people will adapt. When we come home, like last year we went to visit my family December 8th. I think it was Yeah. like everybody got together anyway. It was really fun. Right. It's like we've structured these around these formal events that were created way back when and said we have to gather on these and then snick no like we gather with people all the time you know all year round yeah you can make a special occasion on any day right every day is a special occasion because by christmas i could be dead you know i could just die you know and then i'm not even alive for christmas but if i go like in june and that's really creating the boundaries for you. And it's also creating what makes it happiness. You know, it goes into all three things that we've talked about today. It does. And you may disappoint people with your boundaries, but I really have to say when I'm spending time with someone or I know they've said yes to do something and they didn't really want to do it, it's not a good experience for me. And I know it's not a good experience. It's not a good experience for them. Versus when somebody's given me a clear yes or no, the experience is so much more joyful. So I know for us, we are so much more joyful and present in Indiana when we go because we're not going out of obligation. We're going really out of desire. And so we show up in full willingness and the energy, I don't know, for me, it's really fun. Yeah, no, it is. No, I'm not saying it's not fun. And no, yeah, it is. it's just like a it whole is fun, different but it's, thing. It's fun because than if it's we like, were sacrificing ourselves right. and saying, 
well, I have to go do this. And then you show up and it feels awful to everybody versus showing up willing. And so that's the power of a boundary for you and the way it heals. And it's even like another example is like my parents are going to watch Penelope when we go to USANA convention in August. And also when we go to London in June. Thank you, Bill and Michelle. But even with like that, they told us and we could kind of tell they didn't really enjoy they didn't want to kind of spend the whole time in a hotel in Salt Lake City because with now Penelope's a little bit older, so they didn't have to spend everything. But last year, they spent a lot of time in the hotel room, and they were just like, we don't really want to spend all the time in the hotel room. Yeah. Could you just drop her off here? And Kate and I really thought about it. We talked about the whole thing, and it is easier and better for everyone. Like, my mom's house is so much – my parents' house is so much fun, you know, for Penelope, and she gets to hang out with her cousin Donovan, and Donovan, like, loves Penelope mm-hmm. and walks around looking at pictures of her all the time. It's, it's adorable. But it's, so it's – and that is, like, a compromise that we ended up having. So we're going to drop Penelope off, and then we'll go to Salt Lake City. We'll do our event. Penelope will be happy. My parents will be happy. They're not stuck in a hotel room. They're going to be at home. Like, that it was just, a great it, boundary it works, they set. Yes. To and say, so, yeah, we'll watch your girl, but you got to bring her to us. And I right. thought that was great. Yeah, so it works out much better. It's also where she's going to sleep. She's going to be in a crib. She's not going to be in a hotel. Like, it just works out better for everyone. And I think that was, a, like Kate just said, that's a very clear boundary that my parents said. That's just a great example of how it can all work out. Totally. And everybody feels complete and happy with the turnout. Yeah. It just adds a little bit to us of driving from O'Hare or Midway back to O'Hare and Midway. But so what? Like, it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. Grand scheme? Is that totally. even the thing? Grand, I always say scheme and Kate makes fun of me for it. But grand. The grand scheme of things is of an life. expression. Yes. Okay, great. So three steps to sustainable success. Be willing to ask for help. Know what matters to you and create boundaries around it. And I really would like you to go over to katenorthup.com and grab the stories of Patricia and Camille and the other ladies who are were sharing their stories over the next month because they're really inspiring to see how real-life mothers who are running businesses are creating sustainable success, and they're not all haggard, and they're not like all stressed out all the time. Like They're really living beautiful lives, and so these women are a great example. So the other thing is May 9th, I have created... Here, let me tell it. This no. is, yeah, I, okay. I want to, okay. I have never, let me, I'll do an intro okay. for your conversation. Great. So I have been with Kate since 2011. We have been together. We've been working together really officially 2012, 2013 or so. Out of all the things that she's created, I have never seen this much drive, this much excitement. It is incredible. The production that's happening over here, just from a, enthusiastic standpoint and the reaction that people we have a special group going through something that's coming in may we have a beta group we have a beta group and the reaction's unbelievable i have never seen this much energy around our team we're bringing some new people on board right now that are tremendously pumped like it's incredible so what kate's about to share and what's coming on may 9th is it's amazing i don't even know how else to say it but like the excitement that you have around this, it's the, this is the flow of the state that when I listen to Gary V, he talks about the ups and downs of running his business, but he's so energized and so jacked about it all the time. It doesn't matter. He just keeps going, you know, and this is where I see now I completely understand what he's saying with how you're functioning during this project. I love that you compared me to Gary V because I'm nothing like him. However... <laughs> 
I will but say. But you are in the I three am, things that we just talked about, a sustainable true. success. That's true. He lives by those And his as well. version just looks different than mine. That is correct. So I am producing, I've been working on behind the scenes, a workshop that begins on May 9th. It's a three-part free video workshop, and it's called the sustainable success workshop. And I have never been as proud of anything I've created other than Penelope, other than growing her in my belly. Other than that, this is the thing I'm most proud of ever. And honestly, like what I'm teaching in this workshop is a game changer. I'm going to teach you an entirely new way to perceive time that will help you to really stop feeling like there's not enough time. I'm going to teach you why time management is actually a myth and why we need to be managing something else instead and how to do that. I'm going to teach you how to tap into the wisdom of the moon, your monthly cycle, mother earth, and the source of the entire universe to replenish your business power and your business energy. And you can get it all over at sustainablesuccessworkshop.com. So head over there, join the VIP list. This is a workshop for entrepreneurial moms who want to reimagine what motherhood and entrepreneurship look like together. And it's about more productivity, more ease, less stress, higher profits, and sustainability. And I honestly haven't heard anyone else teach the things. Like this is the, okay, I'll be honest. The stuff that I teach about money, I think is great. And I think my book is great. And it's like, you know, it's great. However, like this workshop came from my soul and it is different than anything I've ever heard anyone else teach. My money stuff is like a really good addition to the money conversation that was already happening. This whole new thing that I'm working on over at sustainablesuccessworkshop.com is a whole new conversation. So I'm not adding to an existing conversation. I'm starting a new one. And I really want you to come over and be part of it. I'm so proud of it. It's a game changer. It's changing the way I'm living. And I know it'll change the way you're living too and doing business. So I'm probably going to cry a Is little bit Is there a link it. at katenorthrup.com that people can get to this? If you go to katenorthrup.com and get on my list, you're going to be invited to How this How about we workshop? put a link on but, there after but we this will. recording's yes, over? There will be a yes. link over Great. at katenorthrup.com. There's a banner right at the top of yes. the website. That will say sustainable success workshop. Click here. Okay. Awesome. Great. So that's the episode. <laughs> Thanks, honey. I love you. Love you, too. Thanks, guys, We for love listening. you guys. Oh, I just also want to give out a, a shout out to Jess Dyer, who I know is a podcast listener. Oh, yes. Who just got back from her honeymoon in South Africa. South Africa. So Jess Dyer, thanks for listening in. I know there were a couple other shout outs that I wanted to give. I can't remember who they were for. Yeah. So She was listening to us in Paris, which is fabulous. Oh, my goodness. Okay, bye. Bye. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things, but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrop.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.